And we're back with a special reaction episode of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason. I'm alongside... Adam S. Messinger. And we are reacting to some big news, which hit Friday afternoon-ish, I want to yeah, say. like the end of the business day on Friday. Pretty much, like. pretty much what the White House does in, in every administration, doesn't matter, Trump, Obama, whoever, where they do something on a Friday so it gets buried in the weekend... Uh, silence of the news cycle. And so Marvel dropped some news, not even so much ma- announcing a departure first for Mr. Axel Alonso as so much as uh, announcing the or heralding the announcement that C.B. Sobolski is going to be the new editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, or at least he had accepted the position Thereof. Rich Johnson was able to confirm that uh, for bleedingcool.com, which we pull some news stories from. Yeah, CB, CBR actually had a big, you know, like the formal press announcement and everything. Right. You know, the, the carefully crafted statement that they probably planned for 5 p.m. Eastern time uh, was uh, beat by the Twitter conversation between Sobolski and Rich Johnson yeah. at around noon Pacific. So he beat the press release by a couple of hours there. Um, but Adam, for for those of our listeners who are not as deeply entrenched in the comings and goings in the comic book industry at large, um, let's talk a little bit about Axel Alonso, um, if you could. I'm putting you on the spot because, yeah. um, but just talk a little bit in in the highest, like his mon- his his Marvel tenure or what got him like, there. Yeah, just just like just a, a real in brief on Axel Alonso, and then. What got C.B. Sobolski the job that Axel once held so Axel, up until Friday morning? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Axel Alonso started out, uh, I want to say, he, he, he got his, a lot of his momentum uh, mm-hmm. as an editor over at Vertigo. Yes, and D- star- DC's imprint for some creator-owned creator participation work. Yes, and he was responsible for books like 100 Bullets. Yep. I believe Preacher was in there. Um. Yeah, definitely Preacher was in there. Um, Why the Last Man? Yes. Uh, so, I mean, these are some legendary titles. Yep. And stuff that's going to stand the test of time. And then Marvel said, you're doing good, kid. Why don't you come over here? And from there, he worked up through the ranks and became uh, very... Didn't he go to the X-Men office first at yes, Marvel? Yes, I believe so. I think he was recruited to kind of write the ship of the X-Men, which That's was... because Mike Martz had just left for DC. Exactly. So they it was almost like a player trade between two teams. Yeah, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and, I mean, he helped bring Ed Brubaker into the fold over at X-Men, I believe. Yeah, well, he had just... Brubaker had just started as Martz was on his way right. out. Martz had kind of brought him and Mike Carey into to put uh, some juice into the X-Men, and, and Axel Alonso was the one that really carried it out. Yep. Uh, him and I and Mark Panancia, is that or how you Panacea. say it? Panacea. yeah. Pan- Panicia. Something, something that I can't pronounce very well. If And hey, Mark, if you're listening, feel free to give us a call or drop us a tweet on how to pronounce name. We hate it, butchering people's yeah, names. Yeah, and you can make fun of us. Yes, exactly. We're easily... Made to be made fun of. Yes. Moving so, on. So, uh, Sobolski during that time uh, actually began as the Marvel review person for art over at. Uh, he would do critiques for, per, per, for portfolios at conventions. Yes. 
And he had a great eye for talent. He brought in, I want to say, the original Young Guns yes, from I 2005, right. yeah. which was Dave Finch, Billy Tan, um, Oliver Kopi. Quapel. Quapel. Uh, Olivier Quapel. Yeah, Olivier Quapel. Um, did I say McNiven? McNiven was in there. Yeah, Steve McNiven. That was like right before Civil War came yeah. out. Yeah. So. so, I mean, there was, he had an eye for that kind of talent for high caliber art. Yeah, he, and, he had brought artists in that just blew DC out of the water. I mean, and not just DC. I mean, this was before the image renaissance. This was before, you know, this was during Dark Horse's kind of uh, distant third place independent publisher stuff. And his eye for talent was amazing and was global in scope. I mean, he would read French foreign comics. I think, you know, he was reading French foreign comics. He was reading stuff from Asia. Uh, he was reading manga from Japan, manhwa from Hong Kong and China and, and uh, Korea. Korea. Korean, I forget what the term is for the comics there. But, I mean, he was... I mean, even though he didn't, he doesn't speak a million languages. This guy had an eye for sequential art. Yeah, and he also has an eye for sequential he does, art. And he's also been a writer, so he's been in those shoes as well. Yeah, from Marvel's Loners, I think he, he told wrote, me before he we wrote started. Loners. Uh, he wrote a, a book over an Image called uh, Wonderlust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the okay. autobio thing, and they were kind of yep. like almost like annuals. And he, yes. did, he did a couple of those. Um, and then he also did another book with the uh, shit. What's her name? I think it's not Cia Ohm. Um, he did a vampire book over okay. at, at Image yeah. around the same time as Wonderlust. God, I don't remember. And that it had one, this this. Um, it's the person doing monstrous. It's drawing monstrous, right? Sonic Takeda. Oh, okay. Uh, that's okay. yeah. He did that book, and so I mean he is well-known, well-liked in the industry. Anytime I've seen him on Twitter with any... And he was the first person that really kind of opened my eyes that you can actually have a diatribe on Twitter. And he would just put out, like, you know, pro tips and the, the stuff that... The subtle stuff that would help get your foot in the door. Right. And to have him as the top guy now, I feel like, is, a, is an excellent choice I, I figured his role right now is staying over in Asia and getting artists from over there mm -hmm. to help work for Marvel. And I know Marvel is developing their original uh, content over in Asia as well. Yeah. And he was working on that. So uh, I, I figured he would stay there, but having him come back stateside and, and run the majority of of Marvel was a, is a great call on Marvel's part. You got a guy with wisdom, you got a guy with experience, yep. and a guy with an excellent eye for art. And a guy who, who has written a couple of series that have actually sold books. And, um, you know, Loners was a series that I remember reading way back when and really enjoying. I think that was one of the last books from the Spider Office that I, I sought out and actively collected. So... Yeah, that... I, I didn't read it, honestly, anything that he... I didn't read the Spider-Man run that those characters came from, but I just liked the characters. I think you're and... confusing that with Slingers, Jim. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't Damn want to it. be an asshole. No, you're right. But you know what? <laughs> you're totally right. It was Slingers, but I remember Loners also. So Yeah. yeah uh, he, and now our audience is like, yeah, sure, you remember Loners, you big fat loser. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Eat my anyway. Moving on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yes. And and it's it'll be good to see, 
as they're moving into legacy, how this is going to affect that and play out. Or maybe just ignore it altogether. There's I, there's some good, just like everything, there's some good stuff in there. It's yeah. just hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll will be uh, an abundance of good that outshines the, the mediocre or, you know, bad. Yeah. And I guess, look, I, I, it's been no secret on our show and over several episodes. I mean, we've cracked on Axel Alonso quite a bit on this show. And, and look, we did uh, say that this was probably his last year in office. Well, and you know what? Marvel EICs don't typically last a long time. They last a lot longer at DC. Just cite Eddie Berganza, for instance. I don't even want to get into that, that, that shit. I'm just going to call it, call it as it is. Um, the entire, and when the entire comics industry finally doesn't fear you and the power you wield anymore, it's amazing the amount of truth that comes over the internet. And, uh, Fuck that guy. Well, that I've editorial. been saying fuck that guy since they, since you know, uh, Shelly Bond left or yeah. got fired, yeah, and he was still there. And that's when I started to hear the stories from Janelle Salin and right. and several different people. And I was just, I like, mean, they were being told in broad daylight. I mean, going all the way back to Colleen Duran, you know, I mean, Colleen Duran had bump ins with this guy, and uh, who is one of my favorite artists uh, that 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 work in comics, um, just beautiful work. And I'm sorry, but, but the hashtag me too finally unearthed a lot of bullshit happening in this industry. And the fact that it took so long right. is just fucking, and that we don't took... have Janelle Salen in an office contributing to right. DC's overall because she is a creative voice yes. that could definitely affect comics for the better. Right. And I know this is a podcast about about CB Sapolsky, you know, taking the top editorial spot at, at Marvel, but I, I think it would we would be remiss if we didn't see the 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 moves and shakeups in the comics industry a little bit, and I know I kind of slid this in on you in the last minute, Adam, but um, good riddance to trash. That's the editorial position of the Graphic Content Podcast. Absolutely. If you are, if and again, I'm willing to say, don't even the, get me started no, on Scott I'm, Ali and Image right oh, now because do, fuck that. Yeah, I'm not even going to address that until there's more out there because that's relatively fresh right now, much fresher than Berganza. All I've got to say, Eddie, is go find treatment right now. Seriously. You know, it's one thing when one person accuses you, like, you know, but it's a whole other thing when an entire industry reacts to a BuzzFeed article about you. It took BuzzFeed, of all media sources, to oust you from your, I don't know what you call it, from your ivory tower. Were you were you administered on high? And I and hope the people that protected him and kept him around. Yep. I hope that they they are you know told oh go buy, go someplace else because right. you're not welcome here because that is fucking bullshit. It is if bullshit. They're around as well. Okay, so people who commit acts of sexual harassment and and let's just be honest, sexual assault. Um, they're guilt. You know, if they're guilty, they're fucking guilty. Let me t- also say this: if you are an an enabler of somebody who is a serial sexual harasser or somebody who goes so far as to commit um, felony crimes of sexual assault, you are just as damn culpable, culpable as the guy committing those, those actions. I couldn't agree more. And that, I, I want to I use that to pivot and say that no one's ever said that about Axel Alonso. 
No one ever has. You know what? I've had harsh things to say about Axel Alonso because of the editorial direction of Marvel Comics, a company that I've loved since I was a child, but I've never hated the guy. I just think that the guy had a different sensibility than I do. We've and we've called him on having his foot in his mouth a couple of times, but it's nothing that. But, but part of that is the reason is that Marvel laid off over half of its PR department. So you have these guys working these insane hours who are going to conventions, going to road shows, retailer road shows, and whatnot, and they're not getting the advice to stay on message as if they had a fully functioning PR team. So I'm willing to to cut Axel a lot of slack after reading that. But he did have foot and mouth disease, <laughs> just and like David. It was David only G- towards that in there too, exactly. Um, because overall, after he he picked up from Joey Q, yep. um, I felt like he carried on a lot of good things. I agree. And my favorite thing that Axel Alonso contributed through his entire time at Marvel is the return of original graphic novels. Yep, I, I would absolutely agree with you. The idea of having. This, you know, Warren Ellis likes to call monthly singles. You know, he's like an old music critic, so he calls them singles, and he likes collected editions or albums. But there's something about, there's something magical about graphic novels, which he called EPs, you know, and just extended plays, you know, where they're a four-chapter story done in one volume. Um, you know, again, you know, I mean, he took a lot of chances. They, him and, and, uh, their trade, their backlist program took a lot of chances. They, they went from being, Are they in, 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 being nothing compared to the DC backlist. Seriously. I mean, back in the day, I remember now this is before I even owned a comic shop. This is back, you know, in the nineties when I worked for a nameless, very large bookstore chain, when DC comics was better, than at their backlist than Marvel was. Well, I feel like once Marvel got its game together, yeah, they only and, improved and, and let that's DC what I'm tra- in the fucking dust. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And that's what and I'm agreeing with you. It's yeah. just a more long-winded way of saying it. Yeah. And um I, I think that Axel Alonso was part of that of 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 helping creators put together formats for a very quick turnaround on trade publication once once their arc was done, whether it was four issues, five issues, six issues, you name it. So I I, I have a lot of good thoughts about Axel Alonso and the things that he did. But, but when things started to kind of go south, especially with the rise of Nick Spencer and Captain America's Hail Hydra and a lot of big decisions that were made as far as certain crossovers, not getting the... Civil War II. Civil War... I, I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that wasn't... I mean, I'll say it just like I said on the original podcast. You cannot tell me that wasn't about the money. You cannot tell me that Civil War II was anything other than a pale attempt to cash in on Captain America's Civil War, the film that was coming out the same month. So I thought that was just a giant mistake on the part of Axel Alonso overseeing this large crossover. I don't know if he twisted Bendis's arm to, to write that, but, I mean, look, Bendis is, was a, a creative. He could have said no. He decided to write it uh, just like everybody else. Honestly, he was the only man for the job, but I also feel like it was a lose-lose proposition. I just, I, I, I would love to interview Brian Bendis, or hopefully he'll go on one of the big podcasts like Word Balloon or something oh, like that. Oh, he, he is. With and his move to D.C., that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I just, I would love to get into his head a little bit to see what caused 
you know, what, what you know, kind of what was going through his head during that time of Civil War II, and then all the delays and I, things like that. I feel like managing the event because those, from what Mark Miller said about the first Civil War, mm-hmm. is he hated it because just for the simple thing that he had to read everybody's scripts for every tie-in and yep. go, this fits, this doesn't fit, change this, change that, because here's what I'm doing. I'm sure Bendis has to do the same thing. And when you're focused on everything around you, you can't focus on what's in front, what's directly in front of you, and that's the main work. Right. And and you know what? It's, I don't think this is any accident that when Marvel lost Brian Bendis after 17 years of faithful service that a week later after the announcement of of his departure for a big-time exclusive contract over at the Distinguished Competition, DC Comics, that Axel Alonso has shown the door. I, I, I just, maybe it's wild, stupid fanboy speculation, but I don't find it an accident that this that this change has occurred at the top. Yeah, and w- while I, it was one of those things, uh, I feel like he stayed at the dance about a year too late. Yeah, I agree. I and, agree. And, and he and, did and, some great stuff, but it'll be it'll it'll be nice to see change. Yep. It'll be welcome and refreshing change, hopefully. Yeah, and look, Bendis is a tremendous creator. I mean, this this guy's ear for dialogue between characters is second only to David Mamet, as far as I'm concerned. I am excited for what he's going to bring over at DC, but over at the House of Ideas, when you lose your star talent, you know, say what you want to. You know, they talk about pitchers in baseball being being on the mound a year too long. Um, you know, quarterbacks who overstay their welcome at certain NFL teams. I, I think Brett Favre. Yeah, you know, Brett Favre for for instance. I mean, we're not going to talk much sports ball. Yeah, Don't worry yeah. about that. But the, there's something to be said for staying too long at the dance. You know, and. And, I mean, kudos to Bendis to, to get his mojo back. To watch his Twitter feed now and the stuff he's talking about is amazing. He looks so happy in yeah. his, all his photos. Yeah, and all the stuff that he's reading and all, there's all the fanboy speculation of what he's going to do. Who knows what it could be? Um, that's a whole special episode in and of itself. Um, and your, I, your reaction to that... Um, I thought was priceless. Thank you. I uh, One thing I am excited for for Bendis, I've seen a lot of speculation online, oh, he should work on this with this artist. Right. And I've seen a lot of Marvel artists yeah. being like, him and so-and-so should go work on this DC thing. Him and Marvel Gata, or Mar- uh, Mike Marvel Gata. Gata. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel Gata. Yeah. I'm leaving that in. But him and Gatos should do a Batman story. It's like, fuck, can you think of something a little bit less original, please? Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I would like to see it but do i need to see it i want to see him work with some of the dc artists yeah like there's plenty of people outside of of course jim lee right there's plenty of people over there that i think he could do great stuff with but wouldn't you love to see him on on a book with jim lee just even if it was a one-shot issue yeah I, i i think i would like to see jim lee brought into the world of interpersonal dialogue a little bit that would I, I remember when he worked with Neil Adams yeah. on that Avengers one shot. It was kind of funny to see Neil yeah. Adams in a you know working in Bendis and out of a fish out of water. Yeah, I, I think that'd be great for Jim Lee. I, as well. I, I would just love to see it. I would love to see the experiment. What alchemy comes from that? But um, so look, it's just you know when you lose your star player, even if they've been been in the game too long. Um, I think that it, it was also indicative of the way the business was being run from an editorial standpoint. And Axel Alonso, truth be told, he was he he served seven years as EIC. 
That's after, the third longest, I believe. I believe so. I think it's the third longest behind Jim Shooter and Joe Quesada. Yeah. So I think Jim Shooter was, what, eight years, nine years? Yeah. And then then I think Joey Q was a solid seven or eight. No, and, he was 10. Oh, was he 10? So yep. Oh, so he was number one. You're right. Okay. Well, I guess outside of Stan Lee. Stan Lee's forever the fucking godfather yeah, over there. Yeah, but he wasn't even... Well, that's a whole different story in and yeah. of itself. But, but you know, so look, the best of luck to Axel Alonso. Um, he's somebody that I would love to see get his batteries recharged and maybe, you know, work an imprint at an indie or something like that. I'd love to see him get his independent voice back. Uh, yeah, I hadn't uh, thought of that. That's a pretty know. good thing. I was, you know, of course, I'm thinking like, well, he can go to DC too, but... He could, but maybe, you know, maybe he can get a deal at like... You know, like at IDW or Dark Horse or or Image. I would love to see him at IDW and see all the uh, licensed product get all kinds of crazy talent over there. I think that'd be fantastic. Well, they have the whole Hasbro universe exactly. So why not? I I think that this is a guy who who understands the nuts and bolts of running uh, a corporate driven comic book media machine. And I, I would like to see what he could do for something like that. Or have him go back to his Vertigo-style roots and just get a, an artisanal imprint, sort of like Shelly Bond and uh, um, I'm blanking on Karen the name. Burger. Karen with Burger, Burger with books. Burger Books. Um, you know, to, to get some kind of imprint going and, and working on four miniseries a year or, or whatever. Um, just look, I, I just want to say, despite my problems with him over the last 365, I wish Axel Alonso the best and, and hope he, he finds something that he really has a passion to do. Yes, as well. Uh, while we do thank him for that, we also are excited for CB Sabalski and yeah. seeing what he, he can bring to the table. It's time for new blood over at Marvel. Let's be honest. You know, I, I, I want to see, I want to see Marvel succeed just like I want to see DC succeed. I'm not a Marvel versus DC guy. Nope. I believe a rising tide raises all ships, and anything that brings great positive attention and new readers to comics is good for the entire industry, whether you're into the most snooty, highbrow, indie book, ash cans shit that you'd see you know, published in the corner of, of an ape gathering in San Francisco, all the way to the biggest selling Marvel title that you have to order 500 copies for a variant cover of. I think that that Sibulski can run the table with the right people in place on certain books. And I am very excited at what the future of Marvel Comics is with him, him at the switch. Yep. Yep. So those, that's just... Adam and I talking a little bit about what's been going on, uh, you know, with editorial shifts. Again, uh, hashtag fuck Eddie Berganza. Um, I, I, I can't help myself just because it's so disgusting. Um, again, if you're innocent, dude, you've got a heavy lift to prove it. Um, I, I don't think. Well, he was. That's a different subject for a different day. Yeah, he just went away. You know, and, and good for him for going away quietly because he, he didn't say anything, honestly. Uh, Even after the original allegations, yeah. he just kind of shut the fuck up because he, he was at least smart enough to know that's a lose lose situation. Yep. And I, I think that's the way to do it. If you know, don't incriminate yourself, I, listen to your lawyers and, and do the job. Um, so, um, bye, Felicia, to him. Um, Axel Alonso, you, however, I'm looking forward to what you do next. And C.B. Sobolski, um, you've got the, I mean, the world is at, is at the your 616 fe- is your oyster. The six and one, even then some. The notorious 616. So go get him, my friend. We are 
definitely looking forward to the next few years over at Marvel. Um, Adam, this has been fun. What should we tell the kids at the end of our show here? Go read a comic. And after you read a comic, tweet us at Graphic Podcast or see our feed on Instagram at graphiccontent.podcast. You see what I'm doing I do here? see. I, 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 I approve. <laughs> and you can always email us at therealgraphiccontent at gmail.com. And after you do all of that, listen to the next episode of Graphic Content.